Okay, um, our Bible reading this evening is from Luke uh, chapter 2, verse 8, verse 8 through to verse 14. So that's Luke 2, verse 8 to 14. And in the same region where the shep oh, sorry, and in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Saviour, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel and a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Lisa. Well, good evening, church. My name is Rob. I'm one of the pastors here. And um, yeah, like as Ross was saying, it's a bit different, but nonetheless, glad that we can actually gather even if it's spaced out and we can still reflect upon the words that are being sung um, with these Christmas carols. Very rich. Have you ever noticed that? Um, there's a lot of real cheap, sentimental Christmas songs out there, and we don't need to mention all of them, but but carols typically are very rich. They're very, um, there's a lot of theological depth to them. You know, it's interesting. Um, out of a show of hands, how many of you, speaking of carols, um, you've, just out of a show of hands, you've, you've heard some of the songs that were sung tonight. Like you're already familiar with them. Yeah, okay, All right. Everybody, right? Um, it's, most, most of us have heard these songs a dozen times. It's interesting though, have you ever stopped to pull back and say, well, what are these, what do these words even mean? Like veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. What, what does that mean? Or, you know, Noel. Noel. I know we repeat that again and again and again, but like, what does Noel even mean? Now, I say all of that because I, I think for many, Christmas carols tend to be, they tend to evoke a, or trigger a bit of sentimentality and a bit of nostalgia for us, right? It, 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 it might sort of, hearing a particular song reminds you of a memory that you have with your family growing up or tradition that you might've done. Um, but often we're still sort of left scratching our heads wondering what some of these songs even mean. Um, and here's the deal, unless you've been taught what some of these songs mean, or maybe you sort of whipped out your smartphone and were like, yeah, what does Noel mean anyways? And you went on Google for two minutes and did your own homework. Um, most of us are gonna be pretty much left in the dark wondering what on earth these songs even imply. Now, let me, let, me, let me push it here in case you're like just wanting me to wrap it up and you can go eat your food. I reckon, let me see if I can cheese you off intentionally. Um, I reckon for some of you in this room, 
Christmas carols, pretty much their, their whole, really, their meaning in, I guess, your experience, maybe, let's say it that way, it's pretty much just triggering sentimentality and um, emotion. Now, I'm not saying that's all of you, but I think some of you, that's about as far as it goes. Um, now, I don't say that just to irritate you, but I, I say that because I think for some, it doesn't really matter what the lyrics mean, right? Veiled in flesh, the God had see, hail the incarnate deity. I don't know what that means. Whatever, eat some pavlova, right? But the people who wrote these Christmas carols um, actually had a purpose behind it. Like, it, they were after far more than just our moments of nostalgia or sentimentality. They actually wanted us to know this person that they're writing about, right? The Jesus Christ. And so while, while we, some of us might just be familiar with the simple melody and we kind of, you know, it's like, do you remember American Idol when that was popular? Or do you guys have Australian Idol or New Zealand Idol or all the other idols out there or whatever? Um, but when, sometimes when someone would forget the lyrics, they'd start to, um, you know, oh, I forgot the lyrics and, and, and that's what we all do. But here's the deal. It's interesting that regardless of where you're at at that spectrum, if you know the lyrics, you know what they mean, or you took two minutes and you've sort of done a little bit of research, or you have no idea what they mean, you might be surprised that the very first carol ever sung was actually not done so by humans, but by angels. Actually, the very first Christmas carol um, went a little something like this. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. That's actually the very first Christmas carol that we had. That's what multitudes of angels sang the night that Jesus was born. I mean, clearly the angels are excited about it. The shepherds are a bit gobsmacked. But what are we supposed to do with that? Like, I remember going to Christmas services and there would be a scripture reading and you'd kind of be like, uh, peace on earth, yeah, I'm not seeing a lot of that, but yeah, okay, anyway. And then you're sort of like, hurry up so I can get to my presence, right? But, but what are we supposed to do with this first Christmas carol? Like, like what, what exactly does this even mean? I mean, it sounds nice and all, right? Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. What does this first Christmas carol imply? What does this first Christmas carol even mean? I want to just take a couple of minutes and actually try to unpack that with you. But maybe it'd help if I do this. So kids, I want you to imagine this. Imagine that you live during a, a time when there are bad kings and queens who ruled the land that you're living in. Right? And imagine that they would actually take your pocket money from you, okay? So you'd have to save up your pocket money and they would take some of that from you and they would still be very mean to you, even after they took your pocket money. And you realize that your mom and dad didn't like living in this kingdom, it was a bad kingdom, but when you were really upset, your mom and your dad, they'd pull you into their room and they'd say, 
we, and they'd open up a book to you and they'd say, we want to show you that there's, there's all these promises that one day there's going to be a king. One day there's going to be a king and this king's going to fix all this. He's going to set up a new kingdom and this kingdom, it's going to be fair. It's going to be good. In fact, it's going to be a kingdom that lasts forever. Now, if you hear things like that, clearly you'd be excited about this new kingdom to arrive, right? More even excited than waiting for Christmas. You'd be like, well, Christmas comes and goes, but this kingdom, this kingdom is supposed to be forever and ever and ever. Well, this day did come. And here's what's interesting. You would think that when this day finally arrives, that this king, this long-awaited-for Messiah figure, when he comes, you would think that he is born in the nicest palace but that didn't happen. Or you would think that he's born in a very famous city, but that didn't happen either. He was actually born in a very small suburb that no one had ever really heard of, in basically a cave with animals around. And if that doesn't surprise you, what's really surprising about this first king, this final king that shows up, is that the people that first get to hear about the king's arrival, like you would think that if the king just showed up, like uh, if someone famous even showed up here just now, there'd probably be people besides Peter Shaw. But if, some, if someone really famous showed up, people would be kind of elbowing like, oh no way, look at that. The Kardashians showed up, right? Or whoever. And it would all kind of be the buzz. And people across, uh, you know, the shops, they'd probably hear about it. Like, did you hear who went to the church over there? Well, well, I mean, this long-awaited-for king shows up. So you would think that the first people you want to get on the phone with is, is like the PM, and you want to ring the Sydney Morning Herald. You want to say, hey, we got to make this massive announcement, right? And, and besides, angels, isn't that your job? To make this announcement, you know, blow the trumpets, go to the palaces, go to the highways and byways, but guess who they go to first? Guests are the very first people who hear about this long-awaited-for king. It's actually shepherds. Look at this. And And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them. Shepherds, were the very first people to hear about the Messiah's birth. Now, for us, that's probably not surprising because we know about the shepherds from nativity scenes or we know about shepherds from maybe Christmas plays or Charlie Brown or whatever. But you have to understand, shepherds were despised people. They, these, these weren't people that were necessarily famous like the Kardashians or whoever else. These people had to live out in the bush with animals so they were smelly. In fact, there were rules back then that they couldn't enter courtrooms or participate in religious festivities because they were considered as outcasts, as outsiders. And yet, and yet, they're the first ones who get to hear about the birth of Christ. It, it wasn't the priests. It wasn't a set of, a group of kings that the angels were sent to, it was this group of outsiders, shepherds. 
And when the angel of the Lord does come to these guys, they think we're dead, right? This is over, Uh uh-oh, we're dead. Look, Look at what happened here. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. Um, Some of the older Bible translations say they were sore afraid. That's not an expression we use anymore, is it? But meaning they they were painfully scared. Uh, They were filled with dread and fear. But the angel says, don't worry. I've actually, I'm not here to kill you. I've actually got good news for you, for all people, for outsiders. And look at this. And the angel of the Lord said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that we for all the people. And what is the good news? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now, maybe you guys can help me here, kids included, adults included. What are some of the descriptions if it's still up here, there, there it is. What are some of the descriptions that this angel gives? What are the titles that the angel gives to this savior, to Jesus? Someone help me out, shout it out. Savior, savior yep. Christ. Christ, that's the front row is winning here. Anyone else? All right. Um, is Lord. Now, unless the angel is mistaken, you, you don't give these types of descriptions, these titles to just anybody except God, right? And so what's the angel saying? You don't say that he is Christ the Lord. That, that's, that's referring to God himself. But that's exactly what the angel's saying. Do you understand? The angel is saying that the very son of God who existed before anything was, existed in eternity past, the one who set each star in place, who shaped the earth in darkness, the the eternal one, that's who I'm talking about. That one right now, the one who spoke the universe into existence could be heard crying in a cot, basically. But it wasn't a cot. That's what's even crazier. They show up, and what is it? It's actually a feeding trough. So that they would have to move away some of the debris and all that and put the baby there. Now, here's what's interesting. When this happens, guess what? Do you know what happens next? They say, well, how are we going to find this, this baby? Well, and this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths, which sounds kind of cute, but it's pretty just strips of cloth. It's pretty crass. It's not like a nice little onesie that we see, at, you know, you get from baby bunting or whatever else. This is just very poor swaddling cloths that he's wrapped in and lying in a manger. And then guess what happened next? After the angel's announcement, a whole group of angels appeared. A host of them, it says, an army of angels. Now, remember, if you're just a simple shepherd, okay, you probably don't, there's probably not a lot of excitement, right? Sheep, you know, animals. And then 
out in the sky shows this massive army of angels and lights up the sky like a light and music show that the world's never seen until this time. And look what they say. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, that's the army, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. There it is. There's the first Christmas carol. But check out how it starts. Let's just look at this carefully. It starts by saying glory to God in the highest. Do you see that there? The angels aren't singing gibberish into the air. Like, what should we say? You know, they're kind of talking to each other. Uh, glory to, yeah, that's a good one. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to, they're not just like, oh, that, does that sound good? You, you don't just say these types of words. The angels know something. They're completely aware. They, they knew that God had sent his son into the world and that Jesus shows God's character, his attributes, like no one else ever has, no prophet, no one. The, the army of angels knows this. They, they knew that peace with, with God was about to happen because of Jesus coming to earth. And that's why, look, look at the next bit. The next part they say, and on earth, peace. Now, as a kid, when I would sit in Christmas services, I used to go, yeah, right, peace. I mean, we haven't seen that. People fight over TP in the, <laughs> right, and woolies. That's not like, it must be like, they must be just, you know, optimists. They're optimist angels, right? But that's, that's it doesn't, the angels aren't promising or, or promoting some kind of world peace. And they're also, they're also not making a universal declaration of peace for everybody. No, no, no. Because ever since sin entered the world, all of mankind is at war with God. You see, ever since sin came into the world, all of mankind is at enmity, is at, actually at war with God. We don't, we don't want someone to tell us what to do. We don't want an authoritarian figure to tell us what is right and wrong. We want to live our own lives. We want to define happiness our own way. And so we take what the Lord, what the creator, what the ruler is, and we chuck it in the bin. We say we want to live our own life. And by nature, because of that, from the time that we're born, we're actually enemies of God, the Bible says. But that's precisely why Jesus came. We sin by our nature and by our action. That means that we, it's not just that we made a mistake once, that we, we actually offend God, that we disobey him, both by who we are in our DNA as humans, as well as by our words and our thoughts and our deeds. And so that's why Jesus came though. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And notice this leads us to the last bit of the first Christmas carol. 
It says, and on earth peace with whom he is pleased. You see, since we are separated from God because of sin, since we have declared independence from him, this is a peace that only God himself can bring about. I hope you understand that your sin and my sin actually separates us from God. That, that, that our, our sin is not just like a, oh man, God's kind of disappointed. That God is actually offended by our sin. And that if God did not judge us for sin, he would, be un, he would actually not be just. And so our only hope of, of being forgiven by this God is, was someone to come, right? Or was someone to come who was completely innocent, never disobey God, and to take the punishment of all of our offenses, of all of our crimes. But, but do you know anyone like that? I don't. Because such a perfect life and a perfect love to God was impossible for any human to achieve. So God himself did it for us by sending his son from eternity into mortality, from glory into flesh, from throne to manger. You see, ultimate hope was born in ultimate humility. That's what's going on here. That's what the first Christmas carol is about. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Now, you might ask, okay, well, what do I do with this? Have I embraced this truth? Is this, like, I I hear what you're saying. We sinned, Jesus paid the penalty, that's why he came, but, but have you placed your faith in Christ? for the hope of forgiveness and eternal life. You know, as, as we sing this last few carols here, rather than just have the familiar tune of them sort of wash over us, I'd encourage you to really think about that. I mean, what, what are you doing with this information? Right? And, and I said this on Sunday. Here's the deceiving thing. <laughs> You've especially if you've heard this, you're kind of like, yeah, 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 blah, 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 right? And then you go off and you live your life and you crank your AC tonight and you watch your movie or you have your PAV tomorrow and life seems like it can just go into a perpetual state of happiness for you. But that's just, that's exactly the lie of it all, right? That if this is real, if this is true, and if God is just, then you stand guilty before him if you haven't embraced Jesus Christ by faith. That's how the Bible, this isn't me just trying to be mean or you know, cramp your holiday for you. This is what the, that's how the Bible describes the God of the universe, who we are as sinners and our only hope of forgiveness. So, so what are you gonna do with this information? Right, because it can be tricky just to kind of say, yeah, blah, 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 whatever. I'll just live my life. And, and you think you're just going to kind of go on autopilot and cruise control into a perpetual state of happiness. But that's just, that's just not how it's going to happen for you, friend. You, you, every, you have to understand this. Every knee will bow before God one day. 
and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. For some of you sitting in this room though, it's gonna be too late at that point. Do you understand? If, if you wait to the very end, it's like, oh shoot, okay, now I believe. Look, I, you know, hey, I needed a taste, touch, smell. It's like, no, no, no. You had your whole life to turn to Christ and you didn't. At that point, it's too late, friend. So, so what are you gonna do? So I'd encourage you, rather than just, yeah, 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 whatever, but to reflect upon the truth there in these songs. So, right, has your heart prepared him room? You know, so that one of the songs is, right, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let every heart prepare, I'm, I'm misquoting that, I need to watch it when I, up myself. Um, but where, where are you at with this? That's my whole point. So I'm, I'm gonna pray to wrap up our time. And I'd encourage you, look, if you, um, here's the deal. I'll close with this. I'm excited that there's probably people here that aren't Christians. That's great. And some of you that are, aren't Christians, you know that you're not a Christian. <laughs> like it's not like a, like you know that. You, kinda, you sort of know the space you're in, okay? Now, some of you that are here, you got dragged by your family because they're like, can you please come to church? Fine, I guess I'll go because it's Christmas Eve. But I just want to ask, talk to the people that brought you and say, hey, do you believe that whole stuff about the God judging and the sin and the Jesus and this stuff? Ask them. Because like, if, if they're really switched on for these things, they look, you can have a conversation with them and you can talk to them and say, so do you believe, do you really believe that I'm gonna be judged? Am I a bad person? Is that, is that, a, that Yankee up there? Is he right or is he just a negative guy? Or what's going on with him? Hey, ask the people that brought you, have the conversation. Because you know, for me, I mean, I'll probably, some of you, I won't see you till next Christmas Eve. That's all good, right? I, I know how that works. But look, ask the people, if, if, if you have family members that, are, that say, yeah, look, I'm Christian, I tick that box. What does that mean to them? Why, why do they bother with this all year round, right? What's going on with that? So ask those questions. I mean, hopefully you know them well enough. They might be your spouse, your sister, your brother, your cousin, whatever, right? So I just wanna encourage you with that. Just, just leave you at like, I'll leave that in your court and, and you can engage with them. So uh, we're gonna sing we're not all going to sing. The people up here are going to sing. But before we do that, let me pray. Sing in your hearts, that's right. Father, we again pray for those that are here, Lord, that have heard this sort of message maybe a dozen times. And Lord, how tempting it is to just blow it off or to think that it doesn't matter. And Lord, if, if this pandemic has shown us nothing, it's shown us how fragile life is, how things can just turn on a dime. Uh, Lord, it's, it's so deceptive to think that we can just keep on living our lives and disregard truth, disregard you really ultimately. And we pray, Lord, that you would draw many to yourself here. We pray for good conversations to, to happen tonight, tomorrow, following days. Uh, Lord, that, that there would be good gospel-centered conversation happening. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. And look, if you do have questions, I'd love to talk to you more. I'll be here afterwards. Um, but let's reflect on these last few carols. And um, yeah. Thanks, Rob. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared. Christ is the Lord. I praise his name forever. We're going to sing Oh Holy Night. Mm -hmm.